millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to part two of the Barbie and Ken Killers. I'm Nicole. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Warning. up guys welcome <sighs> booze is present because we needed. need we need booze for this case it's a wild one and i i did say in the last episode i needed whiskey i'm not drinking whiskey oh yeah strictly because it's still hot as balls and i need a cold beer a cold beer well you're so, not drinking white claw thankfully. white claws yeah i'm drinking cold beer yeah. actually from smithers smithers brewing oh so, that's yeah. fun it's their, their new Cloudwater's Wit Beer. I saw Local it at the, to us. The, the liquor store and I was like, I'm trying it. And at my first sip, I like it. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Anyways, after that plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not sponsored or anything. Yeah. Not sponsored by. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to jump back into it. As Just a, right into it. As a little recap, I guess. Um, we were talking about Paul Bernardo. Mm-hmm. And Carla Holololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololol
Paul took Tammy across the border to get beer for a party, which like that didn't make any sense to me because like he could have gotten beer in Canada for her and like she was young. So like and the drinking age over there is older. Anyway, I was just like, whatever. Later telling her fiance that they got drunk and made out. That's all right. I feel really gross listening to this, but okay, keep going. Oh, just wait. I just re- re- kind of read this next line. Oh, shit. Gonna, okay. Shit. Carla would also role play her sister oh. when in bed with Paul. Oh. Wearing, his, wearing her sister's clothes, saying her name was Tammy and that she was 15 years old and I'm your virgin. That is. Why? What? No. Yeah. No. That's, that's a whole new kind of fucked up. Just a bit. Just a little fucked. You are enjoying putting me through this, I think. <laughs> I actually kind of am. Okay, I put so much freaking work into this one, this this podcast. So I'm like almost kind of like, oh, it's going to be over. I can get my life back. Um, <laughs> Until next one you have to research. Yeah, but then it's also like I knew that you would just cringe at so many things and it's kind of fun to watch. Um, okay, this part doesn't make a lot of sense to me with Carla offering Tammy's virginity as a Christmas gift. But I was like, maybe this was just their first attempt at it. Um, but one night, Carla laced Tammy's spaghetti sauce with crushed vol- volume. Valium. 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 She had stolen from her employee at the Martindale Animal Clinic. She served it to her sister, who soon lost consciousness. Paul then raped, or maybe just like sexually assaulted Tammy while Carla watched, because Tammy woke up about a minute later, so the Valium wasn't... Super strong enough or potent enough. Okay. So like, I guess, I don't know if that was first attempt or maybe they already attempted, but really like it wasn't long. So, so then on December 23rd, 1990, this is six months before Paul and Carla were going to get married. Oh God. Which is like kind of fucked up. Yeah. This whole thing is kind of fucked up. My back is already hurting. This is going to be a long ride. Okay. (laughs) Carla had stole... The anesthetic agent, and like, there's some medical things, so just bear with me. Holothane, Halothane, from the clinic. They administered sleeping pills to the 15-year-old in a rub, a rub, rum and eggnog cocktail. You like that. I love rum and eggnog. No, I without, love without the sleeping pills, right? Yes. Well, I mean, sometimes I'd want to get, get a good nap <laughs> in, so. And when Tammy lost consciousness, they undressed her, and Carla applied a halothane-soaked cloth to her, her sister's nose and mouth. With Tammy's parents sleeping upstairs, Carla and Paul videotaped themselves raping her in the basement. They videoed it too. Yeah, they're really into that actually. So her sister was not necessarily just involved in the rape. She actually partook in the rape. Oh, yeah. There was even times where I think that she did things. But I didn't really dive into that. Ripley's eating something. She's eating something off the floor. What what are you doing, Ripley? Is it a bug? Ripley. What do you got? Did you find a bug or something? It's gone, whatever it was. Or no, I don't know. (laughs) There's something over there. It's probably a bug. Probably. So at one point, Tammy began to vomit. They tried to revive her. Oh, no. And once the evidence was hidden, like Tammy being dressed and in her bedroom... They called 911. A few hours later, Tammy was pronounced dead at the St. Catherine's General Hospital. Oh, no. They killed her. Shit. Really? Despite their odd behavior of vacuuming and washing laundry in the middle of the night, and Tammy having a nasty, like it was nasty, I saw a picture, chemical burn on her face, the coroner and the family accepted Paul and Carla's story. Are you fucking serious? The official cause of Tammy's death, death was accidental accidental choking on vomit after consumption of alcohol. That's, oh my God. Like the burn was horrific on her face. But, and I didn't even have it in here, but they their lie or something was that while they're trying to like save her, it was carpet burn. Really? Yeah. There is a big difference between carpet burn and chemical burn. Yeah. Like, it's honestly just, it blows my mind that they didn't check into that. Like, that's crazy. No kidding. 
What kind of corner is this? Were yeah, they just was... like going down to the corner of like who knows where downtown being like, hey, yeah, we need someone I mean, to look like... at a dead body. And they're like some dudes with a trench coat. Yo, I got your back, man. We've kind of been over that before though too. Lots of times if, they're, if it's not like super suspicious, like it's like they don't dive in, you know? A chemical burn on the face of someone who just died of asphyxiation is super suspicious. I would think so. Whether she actually died of asphyxiation or it was the drug overdose, regardless. Well, yeah. Like, I think that she was puking. They probably didn't notice. Like, they had this cloth up to her mouth. And then she, like, choked to death on her vomit. Jeez. So, Paul and Carla moved out of the Homoko house shortly after to allow the parents to grieve. Carla apparently being quite annoyed that they were taking so long to get over it. Are you fucking serious? No. Not. Or I am. <laughs> okay, I was like, oh. You're like, oh, okay, she's not that bad then. <laughs> so so she was annoyed then. She was okay. annoyed because like her wedding was approaching. So she wanted like all the attention to be on her. And then they, the parents even were thinking that she should postpone her wedding because just this traumatic event just happened. Like her freaking sister died. And she was like, basically like, get the fuck over it. What the frig? <laughs> yeah, I flipped it what under the there. Frig? No, like seriously, what a piece of work. Like what a oh I I've, I've I, I want to call her the C word. I know. I want to say it. I know. Can I say it? This no. steps. Oh, okay. Okay. Moving She's on. Cunt. Oh. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Paul's next rape would be on on April 6, 1991, committing his 12th rape, raping a 14-year-old girl in St. Catharines, but staying away from his, like, regular MO. He attacked the 14-year-old in the morning rather than late at night, mm -hmm. and it did not occur near a bus stop. Okay. So he's evolving, like we discussed last time. Yeah. So then on June 7th, 1991, Carla invited a 15-year-old girl she had befriended at a pet shop years earlier over for a girl's night. Remember, she used to work at, like, a pet store, yeah. right? And I'm going to refer to this girl as Jane Doe. After, Just because she's underage? Is that right? You'll find out. Oh, okay. After an evening of shopping and dining, Carla began to feed Jane Doe alcohol-laced with Halcyon. Halcyon? Halcyon. Used mm -hmm. to treat insomnia. Okay. When the girl lost consciousness, Car Carla called Paul to tell her that his surprise virgin wedding gift was ready. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck is... Oh, like, my God. That's, isn't that just, like, unimaginable that you're, like... Your gifts to someone is, like, a friggin' young person that you've drugged and that is a virgin and you're going to let your spouse rape yeah. them. My wedding gift to you, I got you a replica Cinderella shoe. Yeah, I really... I got you a gun, which I guess yeah. could be kind of weird, but... <laughs> A, a hunting rifle, yes, for the record. Yes. Not just like, hey, here's a 9 mil. Go cap some asses. Like, no. <laughs> Paul videotaped Carla raping the girl before he took over vaginally and anally penetrating her. The next morning, Jane Doe was nauseous, but thought that her vomiting was from drinking alcohol for the first time and did not realize that she had been sexually assaulted. She was sexually, she was nauseous from being sexually assaulted? Well, from drinking. Like, remember they were feeding her lots of alcohol that okay, was laced. Okay, 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 okay. I was like, wait. So what, she thought what? she was just sick from that. Okay. But it was probably also, it had to do, I'm sure, with like drinking, but then also like um, the drug that was in yeah, there. She was, and then she, was, she was sore too, but like, I think she just thought it was from. Booze. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. First time boozer doesn't know what to expect. I mean. <sighs> In August, the same girl was invited back to their home to spend the night and was once again drugged and raped. At one point, Carla called 911 as Jane Doe had appeared to stop breathe, stop breathing, but called back a few minutes later to say that everything is actually all right and the ambulance was recalled without following up. Jane Doe did survive. She did. Good. She did like, survive. So yeah, die. I mean, she's underage, so... And she survived, so they're just referring to her as Jane Doe. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's kind of sad. Like, I'm sure she's still out there and, like, she I, she had no idea. She thought she was just going to a friend's 
post to hang yeah. out and later has to find out that she was actually like raped, raped? twice twice yeah fuck no thank you <sighs> i don't i'm never gonna go to a friend's house again <laughs> Someone's like, hey, you want to come over and fucking play Monopoly, like, no. watch the hockey game or something? Yeah. Um, no, I want my sphincter intact. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Ben. This is making you going to be like a hermit, eh? Probably. Oh, my gosh. This entire podcast, we're talking about people going out and like killing people and just crawl like the bedroom strangler, crawling in windows at night. Oh, like, shit. Um, well, I know. Even like, oh, I don't even think I should say this. But we've been leaving like one window open at night that's like kind of bothersome to me. And I think I've asked you a couple times if it's okay. And you're the always one in like, the kitchen. Yeah, but yeah. then um, if you weren't home, that would not be fucking open. There's yeah. no way. Well, the, the thing is we, we do have dogs that would definitely alert us. They would alert us. But I don't know if they would do anything. Yeah, well, you know how it goes when I wake up and I hear some strange noises. <laughs> yeah, but if you're not home, right? Fair enough. Yeah, but I've been home. Yeah. I'll break some teeth in. At least okay. I like to think I would, but I probably would just die. You would. No, you would. <laughs> okay. So next up, because we're not quite done yet, would be Leslie Mahaffey. On June 15th, 1991, Paul was in Burlington to steal license plates and came across Leslie. She was a 14-year-old girl. And just to do the math for you, Paul would have been 27 at that time. For fuck's sake. Like that's nasty. Yeah. Like nasty. Yeah, that's basically double her age. Yeah, like disgusting. Leslie missed her curfew after attending a friend's wake and was locked out of her house. Which I'm like, that's sad. I mean, okay, the wake was earlier in the day and then they were just like, she was kind of at a celebration and I think she was kind of like not, she was not, she had some issues and her parents mm -hmm, like okay. locked her out. But I mean, God, they probably never going to forgive themselves. Yeah, no shit. I don't want to hear what's coming up, but dish um, it out. Because also she had phoned a friend, too, to see if she could sleep there. But then the friend was like, no, it's not, like, a good idea. It's really late. Like, my mom might get mad. And so, like, Leslie was on her own. And then to have terrible luck. Yeah, no shit. She ran into Paul. across this dickweed. So Paul coming across Leslie on the street approached her saying that he wanted to break into a neighbor's house. Leslie, being unfazed by this, was more concerned if Paul had any cigarettes. Really? That's that's her question. I know. I would be like, you're out at Ace. night alone with some strange dude, and he's like, "Sup? You you want to yeah, break into these houses?" Yeah, but sometimes at that age, especially if you're like going through something, you probably think that you're ruling the world, right? I guess. Yeah. When Paul kids are dumb, <laughs> I was dumb as a kid. I know. I can tell you that. When Paul led her to his car to get the cigarettes, I'm assuming, he blindfolded her, forced her into his car, and proceeded to drive her home. Interesting. Oh, okay. I needed a breath there. Paul and Carla. Okay. Actually, I didn't throw this in there, but it's so fucked up. Throw it in. Let's hear it. It's like, okay, pa Carla, I think, was like sleeping and in the morning was like all pissy. Mm -hmm. That he had this girl there. And you want to know the reason why she was actually pissy? Why? It's because I guess the night before, um, Paul had served him and Leslie champagne in their nice champagne glasses. Like their special ones. And so she, so she was pissed off about that. But not the fact that he just kidnapped this young fucking no, girl and brought her did. home to she rape did. while she's sleeping. No, she eventually just came around and became part of it. These guys are fucked up. Like, I can't understand. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Moving Paul, on. Paul and Carla then once again videotaped themselves torturing and sexually abusing Leslie while they listened to Bob Marley and David Bowie. At one point. Oh, right. Oh, this, that, the irony point, in that, though. What? They're sitting here torturing and sexually assaulting this girl while they're playing songs like, Every little thing is going to be all right. Like, what? That, like, um, how well, unsettling wait, is like, that? Just wait till this, this next line. Like, this next line is like, wow. Okay. At one point, Paul praised Leslie, saying that she was doing a good job, a damned good job, and that the next two hours would determine her fate. Right now, her scoring was perfect. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, that's nasty, hey? Wow. The assault escalated with Leslie crying out in pain, begging Paul to stop as he was sodomizing her and her hands were bound 
with twine. Leslie's fate was sealed later when she mentioned to Paul that her blindfold seemed to be slipping down. This singled, sig signaled to Paul and Carla the possibility that she could identify them if she lived. The following day, Leslie was killed. These people make me fucking sick. Yeah. I know, and it's almost like, God, if she didn't say something about her blindfold, like, would she have lived? But probably not. But her blindfold would have fell down. <sighs> I know. If it's slipping, it's going to keep slipping. It's going to fall down, and they would see, she would see them for sure, and that would yeah. seal her fate even more. So, this way, she rolled the dice. Maybe they would just fix it, and it's okay, but they didn't yeah. take that. They didn't let her take the chance. So a little glimpse into the future, too. Paul claimed... Carla fed her a lethal dose of halsane. Halsane? I think I might be saying that wrong. Halson. I don't know. It, <laughs> was the it was the thing for insomnia, I think. And Carla claimed that Paul strangled Leslie. So they have different, different stories there. Uh, so in the future, they kind of turn on each other a bit. Yeah, that might be a little glimpse. Mm. A little glimpse. They, a little bit of karma, at least. They then proceeded to hold on to Leslie's dead body in their basement until after they hosted Carla's family over for dinner, at which point they then disposed of the evidence by dismembering Leslie oh, and encasing fuck. her remains in cement. Keeping the receipts would be held against Paul later as he purchased a dozen bags of the cement at a hardware store. Why did he keep the receipt? You, that's the dumbest thing. Don't I know. Well, keep he kept, receipts. He kept other weird shit. Well, I mean, they're fucking videotaping this shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know if they're concerned about getting caught. Like the Rodney Alcala case, one of the things, like the, the uh, dating game killer. Yeah. One of the things he had that convicted him was a fucking receipt. Yeah. I mean, that would probably, I keep receipts, so I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do not. I'm bad at that. Um, so using his grandfather's saw to dismember Leslie, Paula and Carla made a number of trips to Lake Gibson to dump Leslie's remains, leaving the heaviest block, which weighed about 200 pounds, near the shore as they didn't have the ability to sink it. It was found a couple weeks later on Carla and Paul's wedding day. Dun, dun, dun. They... So they didn't even dispose of the body properly. They Not just... really. Like, I mean, they fucked up. Like, that's 200 pounds. Like, what were they thinking? Yeah, no shit. And so, yeah, they couldn't put, uh, they couldn't put it deep enough and stuff. And so they just left it on the shore, basically. <laughs> All right. Of course someone's going to find it. Yeah. Yeah. So the next victim would be Kristen French. How many victims are there? I think, I think this might be the last one. But I don't want to scroll and lose my spot. Paul and Carla were driving through, I'm pretty sure it is, St. Catharines, looking for a potential next victim. You know, just strolling around. Yeah. A Sunday cruise. Going? God, I would be going for like ice cream or something. I was just about to say, go and get some ice cream, you know, go, go drive out <laughs> Not down to get the their highway. Next teenager. Huh. When they, okay. I mean, you could probably get someone underage with an ice cream truck. Combine the two. I don't know. You want to get the, the creepy pedo van, maybe? Oh, gosh. Okay. Ugh. As they, <laughs> as they passed Sorry. Holy Cross Secondary School, a Catholic high school, they spotted 15-year-old Christian Kristen making her way home. They pulled into a nearby parking lot, and Carla got out of the car, approaching her with a map in hand, pretending mm. to need assistance. Yeah. I feel like, okay, I'm actually a super bitch, actually, if people, like, approach me. <laughs> And I think it's from just listening to true crime because lots of times it's like sketch. And, well, no, the majority of time it's not sketch, but it can be sketch. Well, and I'm just like, people in general are sketch. Don't, can you just like keep your distance away from me, please? <laughs> I like how you just had your hand out. Like, excuse me. While you were me. explaining that. Just like, stop. <laughs> Do not come any closer. So as Christian looked at the map, Paul attacked her from behind, forcing her into the front seat of the car. From the back seat, Carla subdued her by pulling her hair. Kristen, taking the same route home from school every day and arriving home at generally the same time each day, was reported missing very soon after the abduction. Good, good, good. Her parents convinced that something bad had happened. Within... Oh, I thought you were doing something funny. No, I, I might burp because of the beer, so I'm leaning away oh from the microphone. Gosh. Sorry. Within 24 hours... 
the Niagara Regional Police Service assembled a team searching Christian's route and found several witnesses who had actually seen the abduction from different locations. Her shoe was also recovered from the parking lot, which definitely showed the seriousness of the the abduction. 100%. You lose your spot? I did. You're getting too distracted with me. I'm getting this because you're moving around a lot. Like, just sit there. I leaned away from the mic for a second, and then I, like, just reached down for a pencil... (laughs) And you're just like, the whole world's ending. Okay, so over the Easter weekend, Paul and Carla videotaped themselves torturing, raping, and sodomizing this girl, forcing her to drink large amounts of alcohol and submit to Paul. They never blindfolding, blindfolded her. So they intended, so they intended to, kill, to her. kill her all along. Her nude body was found on April 30th, 1992 in a ditch in Burlington. Paul and Carla had washed her body and cut off her hair to like impede identification. And yeah, as far as we know, Christian French would be their last victim. Hopefully. But, well, I mean, I touch on this later. I think there's like so many more. Generally with serial killers, there's they there's don't ad- They don't admit to every single one. No. Like, do they really? No. And just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, of course, a bigger rap sheet. So if Paul hadn't already compromised his future, he did even more so that summer when Carla would turn into his literal punching bag. Oh, shit. Severely beating her many times, causing people to notice. In January, and I just mean that because like that's going to help her in court, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you gathered that, but I'm I, just, I did. I'm disappointed. I, I, I got it. I, <laughs> Note taken. Like, remember that pencil I said I was reaching for? I'm writing this down You're writing right notes. now. Okay, but lots of times, like, you do throw out subtle hints and I don't get them. So now I'm just like, oh, maybe Ben doesn't get it. No, I, I got it. I appreciate it. Thanks thanks for, for letting me know. Oh my appreciate gosh. it. You got my back. In January <laughs> of 1993, Carla's parents would intervene and persuade her to take refuge in the home of one of her sister's, Lori, her sister Lori's friend's house, whose husband was a police officer. Charges were filed against Paul, and he was arrested, but later released. Of course, they're always fucking later released. Every goddamn story. Yeah, well, he's already been like, like I already mentioned it once, I think in yesterday's episode, but um, there was other times too. Like I could, this case could probably be like five episodes, but um, there was other times where like police would chat with him. And he just always got away with it because he was like a charmer, I guess, right? Like, And it's like, I go like five over the speed limit and I get a speeding ticket and can't talk uh, my way out of it. Like, okay, well, hell? honestly, I would be not guilty of something and look guilty of something <laughs> is like, is how I would, I think would happen to me. Well, it's like, like when you get pulled over by the cops and then it's like when they're slowly walking up to the vehicle from behind you, you're all of a sudden like, shit, do I have a kilo of cocaine in my glove box? I don't even do drugs. And you're just like panicking. <laughs> Like all this random stuff. Like maybe I have a dead body in my trunk. I hope he doesn't search the trunk. I know. I hope that he doesn't look around. I might have something. Like, right? (laughs) Maybe someone left a joint behind or something. Like who knows? Oh my goodness. I wasn't drinking today, was I? Like all this sort of shit goes through your head. I know. Then shortly after this, um, and this is 26 months after Paul originally submitted his DNA sample. Remember that DNA sample? The pool of (laughs) of samples? The whole pool of samples. (laughs) Police were informed that it was a match of the Scarborough rapist and immediately placed Paul under 24-hour surveillance. So it took them two years to identify that sample. Yeah. Like, well, they just kept... Okay, one thing, they stopped, right? The Scarborough rape stopped when he moved. And so that almost even put them even more on the back burner because they're like, oh, well, they're not really happening now. Yeah still but i'm like that's bad so they requested an interview with carla on february 9th 1993 despite hearing their suspicions about paul carla only focused on his abuse of her later that night being worried she told her aunt and uncle that paul was the scarborough rapist and that her and paul paul were involved in the rape and murder of leslie and christian and that the rapes were videotaped 
were recorded on videotape. So she just up and like admitted it all. Well, she's telling her family, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's admitting it but, like, still. Yeah. To someone at least. Yeah, she's admitting it. But you'll see. She doesn't admit it really. If she goes back in her word in court. Well, no. Official statements and stuff or what? Carla got herself a good lawyer, oh, George Walker. Here we go. And this is funny. She apparently knew. It's not funny. Actually, it's not funny <laughs> at all. She apparently knew wow. knew him because she cared for her his cancer, his Dalmatian that had cancer. Oh, okay. So that's actually not funny. I'm not sure why I said that. George realized that Carla was not necessarily the innocent victim of Paul as she had painted herself to be. But he did not fully understand what exactly her role had been in the crimes and seek some kind of and wanted to seek some kind of immunity for her. On February 17th, Paul was arrested in conjunction with both the Scarborough rapes and the murders of Leslie and Christian with a search warrant obtained. Because his link to the murders was weak, the warrant was limited. No How is it weak? What do you mean? How is his link to the murders and well, they had weak? they not the so they were not weak to the the rapes, but they didn't have a lot of evidence oh, on the murders. Okay, so the search warrant was mostly like on the grounds that he was just the Scarborough rapist okay. and didn't murder these two girls. Well, a search warrant still allows them to search his shit for stuff, right? Well, okay. Well, I'm about. I was about to get in okay, into that. Sorry, sorry. Ah. I was about to I say the, to the warrant was limited, and then I was going to say how it was limited. Okay. Before you had your little hissy. I'm sorry. I want to know this shit. <laughs> no evidence, which was not expected and documented in the warrant, could be removed from the premises. And all videotapes found by police had to be viewed in the house. Damage had to be kept to a minimum. Police could not tear down walls looking for videotapes. Huh. That was what it was limited to. Were the fucking tapes in the walls? So an extension, Shit. extensive library of books and videos on sexual deviation, porn, and serial killers was found, as well as a written description from Paul of every one of the Scarborough rapes. Unfortunately, the only home videotape found was a brief segment of Carla performing oral sex on Jane Doe. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Yeah. So the tapes were in the fucking walls, weren't they? Yeah. Or the ceiling or something. Yeah. <sighs> Shortly after that, George. This case is pissing me George off. George Walker, which was Carla's lawyer, and Murray Siegel. Siegel? I don't know. Siegel? Who is a plea bargain specialist for the attorney general, informed Carla that the government was offering her a plea bargain. She would get 12 years in prison and be eligible for parole in as little as three years with good behavior. The government even <laughs> agreed to content, contact the parole board on Carla's behalf, pointing out to them the importance of her testimony against Paul. In exchange for this, Carla would agree to tell the absolute truth about her involvement in the crimes and everything she knew about them. Carla obviously agreed unconditionally and she doesn't tell the truth spoiler alert i'm sure i don't know she maybe does but she also play she also makes she downplays her involvement she, she's a victim in her eyes she's a victim of paul which i did kind of say that in the other episode i felt bad for her because she's just so like taken by this dude that she's willing to do everything yeah but she's actively took oh, part yes, in yes. those rapes she, she, and stuff. Yes, 100%. And like, I also feel like she had the opportunity to leave him. Yes, I agree. She is partly a victim. However, 
Yes, she is also a fucking predator, a rapist. A I know. Well, fault. yeah, he's a charmer. Would she have done those things if it weren't for him? Probably his... not. So that is where I think she is a victim. However, she's still a fucking piece of shit because she did it all too. She was involved. Okay, so this next part is a bit of a tearjerker. In March, Carla would be checked into a psychiatric hospital for assessment. She also eventually got up the courage to write a very important letter. Do you have any idea who the letter would be to? Her sister. Her parents. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a beyond the grave letter sort no. of thing. Okay. And it said, Dear Mom, Dad, and Lori, This is the hardest letter I'll ever have to write, and you'll probably all hate me once you read it. I've kept this inside myself for so long, and I just can't lie to you anymore. Both Paul and I are responsible for Tammy's death. I could like almost cry. <laughs> Paul was in love with her and wanted to have sex with her. He wanted me to help him. He wanted me to get sleeping pills from work to drug her. He threatened me and physically and emotionally abused me when I refused. No words I can say can make you understand what he put me through. So stupidly, I agreed to do as he said. But something, maybe the combination of drugs and the food she ate that night, caused her to vomit. I tried so hard to save her. I am so sorry, but my words, but no words I can say can bring her back. I would gladly give my life for her. I don't expect you to ever forgive me, for I will never forgive myself. Carla, XO, XO. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that really fucking sad? That's heartbreaking. Like, it actually, like, makes me feel more sweaty. And it's not just because we're in a heat wave, because it's so sad. <laughs> like, it's so sad. It's drink, so sad. Drink some of your White Claw might help take the sweatiness away. Um, but no, definitely, that's that's straight from the heart. That's that's serious. And she's definitely feeling some, not resentment to her family or even necessarily towards um, fucking, what's his Paul? name? Paul. But a lot towards herself for what she did rightfully so but then also she is just like she's smart right and i think that she did was she actually writing that letter from the heart or was it like trying to make the letter seem like she's a good person but that what, just got caught up in something potentially i don't know i mean she didn't even really necessarily have to write a letter to her, fa her family really if she yeah. didn't want to so Car it doesn't forgive her for what she did, though. She's still a fucking piece of shit. I know, like, just brutal. Carla's trial began on June 28, 1993. Her psychiatric report helping to set the stage for the, the plea bargain deal. It concluded that Carla knew what was happening, but she felt totally helpless and unable to act in her own defense or in anyone else's defense. She was... In my opinion, like the psych psychiatric report, paralyzed with fear, and the state, and in that state, became obedient and self-serving. I have a question. Apparently, you do because your hands been raised, and I was like, "Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> hold on." Um, so, did she write that letter before her psychiatric evaluation in the report for her plea deal? Do I know that? Because if she did, then I think it most likely was a ploy to better her position i feel like she legally. well she wrote it before she was in court then, then yeah it was most likely uh, a pawn in her scheme it could as have far been. as i'm concerned because there, there's there's two ways i see it either a she and i do think she is partly a victim in this whole thing so either a she is showing she's a victim and showing she is though still a piece of shit still part human or B, she has no emotions about it and she's trying to fucking play the system and get some fucking benefit out of it. One of those oh, two Oh, well, because scenarios. something I had even not said, I forgot to actually mention it, but like there was some jealousy too with her sister, right? Oh, yeah. Because like Paul was flirting with her and then I think her sister kind of liked it and was even like, I'm younger and prettier and stuff. And I could so see that. I could see it. There was like some resentment there. But then I also don't know. I don't think that when they did that and when they were taking planning to take her virginity that they they didn't plan to kill her. And honestly, no. Paul was actually mad for a long time at Carla that he killed her because he like that she her. killed her. You mean? Okay. Yeah. But also, 
they were pissed off at Carla's parents for not getting over it soon enough for the wedding. Well, Carla was, yeah. Yeah, so clearly she doesn't have much remorse. I know. I don't know. I know. Like, when at the end, we can talk about it. I, I feel like I, in a sense, could feel bad for Carla, but I also don't think that she's as victim as she came across, in, in my opinion. I don't think so either. In my I do opinion. think there's, she's still partly a victim, but she's wholly responsible still. Well, yeah, because, like, without her meeting him, I don't know if she would have been a criminal. Yeah, she went like along with said. a lot of it. So the trial ended with the media only being allowed to report on a few details of the case so that the jury pool that would be selected for Paul's trial would not be tainted by information they heard mm -hmm. prior to his trial. Expect, expecting a public outcry over the plea bargain, Murray, who was the plea bargain specialist, chose to make a statement. Why not a greater penalty in light of the horrendous facts? Without her, the true state of affairs might never be known. A guilty plea is the traditional hallmark of remorse. Her age, her lack of criminal record, the abuse and the influence of her husband and her somewhat secondary role were factors. She's unlikely to reoffend. Carla left the trial after receiving the agreed upon sentence and prepared herself for what was sure to be an ordeal, the trial of her husband, Paul. Unlikely to reoffend. Yeah, that doesn't mean you should be fucking forgiven or let out in public. Yeah. You can still go fucking kill someone just because you're unlikely to. Fuck off. Well, yeah, like just because you're unlikely to, you did all this bad shit and should you just be living a life like people who haven't done that shit get Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's like pff, I just killed and raped like or involved in raping and killing combination of like 12 people. Yeah. I served a couple of years. Now let's go get White Claws and have some fucking hot dogs out of Costco. Like what the I fuck? Know. No. Well, she Fucking had, rock. like, I mean, I mentioned at the end, but she had kids. Yeah. Those kids are going to find, they could listen to this podcast one day and be like, wow, that's my mom. Your mom did some bad shit. Some really bad shit. Yeah. So this is, this is interesting. The trial of Paul wouldn't start until May of 1995, mainly due to the fact. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the fact. Should have leaned away from the mic if you're going to burp. I don't think I burped. It was just like a weird, I don't know. A weird, what? <laughs> Out-of-body experience? Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, near death. <laughs> he almost died. Heart attack. Okay, so mainly due to the fact that Paul had placed his lawyer, Ken, in a very difficult ethical situation. Oh? Paul had told Ken where to get the videotapes, or to where the videotapes were and to get them. Oh, so he's all like, get them and, and destroy them for me. It's like... Get rid of the evidence. Yeah. Oh, motherfucker. Believing that by doing this, they would never get into the hands of the prosecutors. However, Carla had made these videotapes known to the prosecutors. So eventually, the pressure was too much, and Ken withdrew from the case, and he still had the videotapes, and he handed them over to, the, to Paul's next lawyer, John Rosen, who quickly turned them in. Good. So Carla's plea bargain was especially criticized by many Canadians because of this. The videotapes were with, withheld for 17 months and considered critical evidence. Well, no shit. Prosecutors said they would never have agreed to the plea bargain if they had seen those tapes. Because she was very much so active. Mm -hmm. Ken Murray. Murray? That's the lawyer. The original lawyer of Paul was later acquitted of obstruction of justice and faced a disciplinary hearing by the Law Society of Upper Canada. I was waiting to hear something. So he about was that. in trouble. Yeah, good, good. I, like I mean, Paul played him though. Like yeah. he kind of played him because he was like wanting to defend his his what would you call that? What would you call their relationship? Defendant. Yeah, I think. And I but then if he turned those in, like. He wouldn't definitely, like, hit the case would have been fucked, basically, right? Yeah, but he's also... A he, human? <laughs> yeah, he's now defending what he's guaranteed to know that someone who fucking murdered and raped. He yeah. has the evidence to show that, and he's still going to defend that. Yeah. I'm at least glad that he at least stepped back 
and pass the tapes on. He realized. I mean, it took him a f- way too long, but he realized. Yeah. He didn't do the right thing, but he didn't do the wrong thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with the videotapes as critical pieces of ev- evidence, Paul faced two counts of first-degree murder, 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 two counts of aggravated sexual assault, two counts of forcible confinement, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of performing an indignity on a human body. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here. Yeah, please don't. Well, like just with the cases, I mean. Like, oh, okay, I thought you were going to talk about the indignity fucked. part. Okay. He's fucked. We already know that. With the videos and Carla testifying, the prosecutors had some very powerful evidence to convict Paul of the charges. And the defense would attack Carla's credibility with the goal of showing that she was not the victim she portrayed herself to be, but a willing participant. Regardless of the degree of Carla's guilt mm-hmm. or innocence, on September 1st, 1995, Paul was convicted on all the charges against him regarding even, the kidnappings, e- rapes, and murders of Mirna? Leslie. All the, all the, all the Did Mirna? I say it wrong again? No, but oh. I, I was just wanting to mock you like, again. Fuck up again. <laughs> I was really waiting for that chance. I'm like, say murder again. So rapes and murders of Les- Leslie and Kristen. He also faced trials in the death of Tammy and the serial rapes of the, the rapes of Scarborough. Sentenced to life in prison without parole for at least 25 years, he was designated a dangerous offender, making him very unlikely to ever be released. Very unlikely. It should be well, very, unlikely. very like, likely he will not. He's still in there. Good. You should fucking rot in there. Um, okay. I hope he's getting sodomized by some like really big dude. Well, I didn't even put that on there. Like he was always secluded because I think, isn't it that people who rape, especially like rape children basically yeah. like they don't have a fun time in prison do no, they 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 generally end up beaten and killed yeah so he was always secluded but there was odd times like i think there was an attack on him when he was like coming back from the shower or like a mob one time started trying to get at him so it wasn't like rainbows in there for him good since being in prison he has also admitted to even more sexual assaults of course and there's a lengthy list of other potential victims, including a rape that occurred in Hawaii while the couple was honeymooning honeymooning there. Jesus. So they raped someone while they were honeymooning, which I think is so fucked. No kidding. Paul became eligible for day parole in 2015. No. And full parole in 2018, but he was denied. Good. His next parole hearing took place on June 22nd, 2021. So just a couple days ago. So this case like was just in the news. Um, it took only one hour of deliberation, but the judge for his a- application was turned down. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. The judge turned his application down. As for Carla, she had to serve her full 12 years, which is good. She never did get like the parole after mm-hmm. three years. I think because of stuff that came up with like the, the videos and, and stuff. stuff they like realized they probably fucked up with her. So they did make her stay the whole 12 years, which is good. But she was released from prison in 2005. And she now goes by the name of Leanne Bordelis, something like that, and is married with two children. And she keeps getting like being in places and then like being discovered, I think. Yeah. So they like move around a lot. Right now they're in, oh my gosh. Salaberry de Valleyfield or something. And it's a city in southwestern Quebec. She didn't actually live in Canada for a period. Like she was in the Caribbean and stuff, but they came back. The Caribbean or Caribbean? It's like tomato, tomato. I don't know actually which one now. Some people say one, some say the other. Like Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean? Caribbean. Caribbean, I would probably say. Yeah. And this is just an interesting tidbit too. That might make you like... Feel Carla's better. But you know the like psychopath checklist or the score you can get? Yeah. So Paul scored 35 out of 40 and Carla was 5 out of 40. Huh. I actually want to take it. 
<laughs> what happens if I scored high and be like, holy freak, what is I wrong with me? I wouldn't be surprised. What do you mean you wouldn't be surprised? You're generally really good at tests. Oh, You'd get a good score. I'd want to try to get a good <laughs> score. Kidding. So um, yeah, there you have it. Wow, those people are, are trash. What's her name now? Leslie or something? Which one? Carla's new name. Oh. Um, Leanne. Leanne. Yeah, Fuck. so if there's a Leanne that you know living in southwestern Quebec, you maybe might want to ask her a couple questions. Yeah, be like, um, do you rape those people? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want her to be my neighbor. No but then there was people that said that she was actually like a pretty good neighbor, like quiet. She's probably quiet as fuck. Probably keeps to herself as best <laughs> as she can, I would imagine. So you're like, I feel like you're almost team Carla not being manipulated quite badly by Paul, aren't you? Oh, no, she was 100% guilty. She was definitely, she did it on her own free will. And you think she should have got more than 12 years? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I think the only way Paul really manipulated her, I'm sure she was abused um, to some degree, but I think the only way that he really manipulated her in the way she was a victim is she just loved him and just did what... Yeah. Like she well, felt even after her own being... feelings is what got her in it after being beaten and stuff like she stayed for some time like that last summer basically yeah she did well, divorce him well even before any beatings or abuse came like when they were first getting together and stuff and he first brought up the whole prospect of like fucking raping people and stuff and she's like oh that's cool i know like that's that's on that's her that's cool like she could have ran for the hills yeah <laughs> that and that's on her because that's her feelings yeah i understand she's getting like physically um abused mentally abused later on and that's some serious trap shit that you, it's really hard to get out of mm -hmm. that's on paul but shit where she's just like oh that's cool nah that's on you you are a victim there more so well not that she's not a victim of abuse she is abused but yeah getting roped in is the the love factor the, the honeymoon stage yeah. is what roped her in and I mean, I think more info, like I learned so much and there's even things that I like left out because I didn't want this to be like five hours long, but something that came back, like Paul was good at charming and manipulating people. Even when he was in prison at one point, he almost got married to someone. Fuck. Like you might, you could look up that article or whatever. And I don't think it ex actually happened. And this person was like an educated person. I mean, Carla was smart too. Um, but like she literally believed that he was like he made her believe that he was innocent. Wow. <laughs> like so I mean wow. he had he had some power, he had some charm to him for sure. Hmm. Well, he's hopefully gonna rot forever and hopefully Laura, Leslie, what was her fucking name again? The new one? Yes. Oh, I Carla's new name. This. You don't remember it either? No, because I don't care about her. She's a piece of... She is. I'm terrible with names. Well, the only... It was Leanne. Okay, Leanne. I was going to say Leanne, but I was like... Okay. The only name? reason I'm wanting to say her name multiple times is because I want to fucking out her. Leanne Bordialis. B-O-R-D-E-L-A-I-S. There you go. Her being out, I hope that she keeps getting found out, and I hope that she has to keep moving, and I hope that she has to keep hiding. Yeah, but I also don't think that she's going to ever make like another stink. Yeah, she better not. I would be surprised if she ever came up again. She better fucking not. So anyway, that's that. That Part was a good two case. Done. Well done, your first two-parter. I know. Good job. What did I get myself into? I think that's why I was putting this case off. <laughs> I'm giving you a round of applause. There's a lot to it. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Well, here. Cheers to that two-parter. Cheers. Now I can drink my white claw. Yeah, and make sure you guys come back for the next episode and make sure you... Do, do, do. Stay wicked. I bumped the mic. I know. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com slash safety. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period.